I'm not a Republican or a Democrat. I'm a truthican. And the truth, as I see it, is that we've been divided in this country by design by people who benefit from that division. And it's not going to turn out well for 99% of us unless we all come together as one human race, realize we have all the power, and tell the establishment to go fuck themselves. Before Trump won, then everybody was like, these election machines are all fucked up. They shouldn't be connected to the internet. And why are there computers inside them when they just got to count shit? But then Biden won, and they were like, no, they're fine now. If you're not smart enough to be my friend, fuck you. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Truth Again Podcast, episode 65, with my good buddy Mike Baldwin. He's that guy smoking cigarettes there in the uh, corner of your screen. Um, we here at the Truth Again Podcast are two professional stand-up comedians, and we've gotten involved in politics, so to speak, the last uh, couple, three years, because we think that our country is going down the shitter pretty quick, and uh, we don't think it's what we've been, what we've been, what it's been made out to be. We think we've been lied to about a lot of stuff, and uh, we always have a lot to talk about, so let's just get into it. It looks really cool, that smoke coming across the screen. It looks like you're in an interrogation room. That's why <laughs> I do it, man, because it makes me cool. <laughs> it's like going crazy today. Do you have a fan in there or something? Yeah, I do. I got it's today's a windows open day, so it's nice. We got a nice okay. breeze going through here. You know, I never um I would never call myself a true smoker, but I did when I first quit drinking and everything and I was uh I I would run like 5 or 6 miles and then I would smoke a cigarette and I don't know why, it was just something to do like on my porch. And I yeah. really, I really enjoyed, and I liked this ever since I was a little kid. I would like watching the smoke come out. You know, it would sound so stupid, but like, like blowing the smoke out of your mouth. Yeah, I just thought it looked cool, and uh, yeah, I think that's that, why it's cool to, to when it's cold outside when you can do steam with your breath. That's why that's cool because it's the same thing. You're like, look at what I'm producing. I'm like a dragon. Yeah, I used to I used to roll up pieces of paper and go outside when it was really cold and pretend I was smoking when I was a kid. And uh, and I think that's the whole point of why I enjoyed it. I just like watching the smoke go up and I think it looks cool. And it, 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 it sucks that that's it's so unhealthy for you because it does. It looks cool. And uh, uh, I but loved it. That's just something that pops in your brain, though. Like what it really is that you enjoy are the millions of chemical reactions that are taking place in your brain when you inhale nicotine and whatnot. And you're just like, I like this because smoke looks cool. And your brain's like, whatever, dude, whatever you want to <laughs> tell yourself. I also liked uh, I used to smoke on stage at the comedy store and uh I just would take a cigarette and I would smoke a, smoke it on stage. And, and I loved, it's great for telling stories like emphasis, you know, like mm -hmm. taking a, taking a puff off and blowing it off. Brian Burgess was the best comedian I've ever seen at doing that. And I guess there's some kind of clause that we are allowed. I don't know if a lot of people know this, but I think we're allowed to smoke on stage because there's some kind of performers clause or some shit. I don't know if that's true. Yeah, I've heard people say such things, but I don't think I, it's sort of like those signs that say, like, we reserve the right to refuse anyone. It's like, no, like, this is my place and you can't smoke. And you're like, but I'm a performer. And they're like, we don't give a fuck, dude. No, if you want to work here, then you're not smoking up there unless you're like Dave Chappelle or whatever. But I've heard yeah. stories of even him getting like fines and stuff. And he's like, whatever, pay it. Like when he checks into a hotel and you have to sign that thing that's like $300 fine if you smoke in the room. He's like, here, just take it because I'm smoking. Yeah. Well, I never liked smoking in hotel rooms. I was never really into smoking all that much anyway other than other than that. And I did enjoy it on stage. And no one ever said shit to me. And that's in California where people are pretty nuts about that stuff. No one yeah. ever said a word to me about it or that I couldn't do it or or any of that. Plus a lot of those spots were pretty late and nobody really gave a shit at that point. But, right. Um, but I realized how addictive it was. I was this Jody white. I don't know if you know her, but she was featuring for me at the Tulsa Looney bin years ago. And she and I, I had like a, a cigarette a day, you know, 
But when I worked with her, she and I would sit on the back porch at that house they had and just mm-hmm. smoke cigarette after cigarette talking to each other. And she left and I stayed an extra day and I could not sleep. And I went out to the to the patio where we'd been smoking and there was a full cigarette sitting out there and I smoked it and went right to sleep. And I'm like, holy shit, I'm addicted to these things now. Mm. And that was after very, that was with a very small cigarette habit. So I can imagine how much of a bitch it is to quit if you're truly addicted to them and smoke all the time. Oh yeah. Like my life is, is way different when I'm not smoking. You know, I have like, uh, I go through phases, you know, if I'm staying in a hotel for a week, let's say, uh, and there's no smoking in the hotel and it's like, say it's on like the ninth floor and I had to park far away. So I can't just like, if I'm in a motel, I can just open the door and smoke right there, you know, but when I got to like put on pants and walk somewhere and do all that stuff, like the first night in a hotel, I have trouble going to sleep. But then after like a day or two, then I'll find myself like waking up and taking a shower and having breakfast and drinking some coffee and then being like, oh, I haven't even smoked yet today. And then by the end of the week, then I'm smoking like two cigarettes a day. And then that's when I tell myself, like, I should just do this every day because uh, two a day is not that bad. And then I get in the car to drive home and I smoke nine in the three hour drive on the way home. And I'm like, all right, well, I smoke constantly again now. Yeah, I you know, you just talked you just touched on something. I just stayed in a motel and it was it was actually a pretty nice little motel, but I kind of enjoy motels. You got your car right there. Uh, I love you, it. Yeah. You don't get those very often. And there's no like you don't have to talk to somebody every time. Like I always feel bad for people that live in places that have like doormen. And you, like they expect you to know their name and shit. And you're just like, good morning. Like, I don't like all that shit. I like just getting out of my car, walking right into my room. Don't have to talk to anybody. Yeah, it's nice. I, I prefer a motel. Yeah, it's weird. The mentality that we have as comedians, like we want all these people to like watch us and laugh at us and all that. But then when it comes to like talking to us afterwards, like, don't get me wrong. I enjoy talking to some people after shows, but then there are other people who oh, I, have yeah. to, I have to pinch my leg to get through the, the conversation. I'm just like, how much longer is this going to take? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's all like a certain personality type, you know, like the same person that thinks like, I'm going to go tell this guy a funny story is the same mentality of like somebody who's willing to go talk to a stranger. I don't know. Like I always joke, like it's it's never the people that I wish would talk to me after a show that talk to me. Those are always the people that are like, you did great. Have a good night. And I'm like, oh, man, like I would have loved to talk to those people. They like the chick was hot and the dude seemed like super cool. Maybe he like worked in some sort of industry that I could benefit from, like do their Christmas party or something, you know. But those are the people that leave and the people that stay are the ones that are like, I don't know. Like, teach me comedy. How do I get into it? And I'm like, I'm not going to teach you comedy. Like, just if you're going to buy a shirt, buy it. And if not, then there's a line. Plus, they never, like, the. I, I always get at least one a week, somebody asking me how to get into comedy and do it and all that shit. And uh, I tell them, and then they always get this look on their face like, well, how else can I do it? And I'm like, that's right. the only That's the only way. There's no yeah. way. Like do an open mic night and they're like, well, there's not one near me. And I'm like, I'm not in charge of making sure you do one. Like, I'm just telling you that's the only way you can get started. Yeah. And And then they they start saying things that we know are wrong. You know, they're like, I probably got like a good hour of material. And I'm just like, no, you don't. Like, no, you absolutely don't. Not only is it not funny yet, like you probably couldn't even talk nonstop for an hour without having somebody chime in or something anyway whatever i I think our very first podcast we talked about i think devin allen came up who committed suicide i shouldn't say committed suicide i guess but he did the cat's out of the bag he's he's gone now Mm -hmm. um so god rest his soul but i remember him uh i remember he needed somebody to open for me and i'm like how much time do can you do and he's like i got about 50 and i'm like 
I didn't ask how long you could stand up there and get drunk and ramble. <laughs> <laughs> I asked how much time you had. They never know. It's like, like know. it's like written on his set list, like drink an entire beer and just chat it up in between. And he's like, well, that's five minutes right there. Like, Even now, 20 something years into it, I'm like, I don't know if I have, you know, if I, if I get close to an hour, I'm like, wow, I did almost an hour tonight, you know, but right. I'm, I'm a 45, 50 minute guy for the most part. And then I'm like, good night, motherfuckers. Yeah, but I always, even when I do an hour, then I always get off stage and I'm like, ah, I forgot to do that one thing. And that would have led into that whole other chunk. Like, had I thought of that up there, then I, I would have done that. Speaking of comedy, I know most people that listen to this are into uh, uh, the political side of it more than anything, but I will be at the improv. We'll get with- to it. We promise. Yeah, we'll get to it. Uh, Wednesday, November 22nd, which is coming up uh, one week from tomorrow. Uh, I will be headlining the Kansas City Improv. we got about 50 tickets left to sell to completely sell it out, and I plan on filming it for a special. So come out and support that and and laugh harder than you normally would, and uh, don't get get offended by shit. I don't think anybody will. No, I don't think so either. Um, and even if they do, then there's enough. Like, it's getting to the point now where, like, when the polls say it's 50-50, that means it's 75-25. Because 25% of that, or half of that 50, you know, is like people who just hate Trump so much that they'll just say anything that doesn't benefit him. Yeah. Yeah, I did the end last night, that place that's 10 minutes from my house, and that room wasn't super full or anything, but I talked about some things that weren't necessarily funny, and they're not even supposed to be funny, but I got applause breaks from them, and a, you know, some lady in the crowd was telling me I should be the president and all this shit. <laughs> um, but that's in Southern California, and uh, there was one idiot. There's always one guy. Um, and he was popping off about a lot of shit. So maybe he was just trying to be funny, but he was like, I thought you were a lot funnier 10 minutes ago, you know? And, and, uh, and it was right at the end of my little speech. So it kind of pissed me off. Um, but I had a, I had a lady the other night in, uh, in Arkansas be like, that was really funny. You did really good. Drop the COVID stuff. And I was like, okay, thank you. Thanks for your input. But yeah, I mean, everybody else seemed to enjoy it, but she was the only one that was like, you know, uh, I don't I don't want to say offended. Like I, I, I need to figure out better ways to talk about it, because just going in and being like, it's bullshit just makes people turn off immediately, you know. But I like if I ease my way into it and be like, what, you know, did anybody here have family that that died from covid and inevitably somebody's like, yeah, and I'm like. Do you mind if I ask how old they were? And it's almost always, you know, 70 plus. And then I just kind of go, oh, okay. And the audience kind of laughs at that already. Because I'm like, do you think that's like, was she 100% fine until that? Like, it's hard to ease into that, though, you know? And it's hard to, it's it's hard to, to not, you don't want to be insensitive but my first question is, what else did they have? You know, and inevitably they're like, well, they also had blah, 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 you know, and I'm like, well, any one of those three things would have killed them, you know, eventually anyway. So you add COVID to it. And that's why I just right. got a text message from my pharmacy. I have to take a couple prescriptions for a couple things. And so I thought that's what it was from. And they were trying to pimp their COVID slash flu shot. And I'm just like, delete. I'm not doing that shit. <clears throat> I, I had something over the weekend. I don't know what it was exactly, but I know that I'm 95% better now. My body's usually pretty good at fighting off disease. Uh, but yeah, I woke up at like three o'clock in the morning on Saturday and puked in a trash can for the first time in like two decades from uh, sickness. Like I've puked in trash cans from being drunk a lot before I quit eight years ago. But, uh, but yeah, man, I just woke up. My, my stomach just felt weird. And, and then the whole next day I was like, I didn't take my temperature or anything, but I felt like I was had fevers and I don't know. It was weird. 
and then I was just kind of groggy and everything. But it lasted a couple of days. I slept most of the day yesterday, and today I woke up and I was like, "Hey, I feel all right again." But it's weird how uh, I, it's not weird, but it's pretty cool, I think, how my body turns off sickness while I'm on stage and then turns it right back on again once the the excitement of the show dies down. Like I was fine during the show on Saturday and uh, then got back in my car like an hour later and was just like, oh, nope, it's still there. Yeah, it's amazing what that adrenaline <clears throat> will do. I, I have been depressed about girls or very sick um, where I like, can't, I've got that nose thing where you can't hardly even talk and then you get on stage and it goes away. Uh, I've done, I've had a back thrown out and gone up there and I, I did have to li literally lean on a stool one time for 45 minutes. Unfortunately, it was a great crowd, but I was literally like humped over like an old lady. Um, and then when you come, when you come off stage, it all comes rushing back to you though, whether you're depressed or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, that, that last night we had a guy cancel because he had the flu or something or stomach flu or po food poisoning or something. And, and, uh, in my head, I'm like, eh, there's more to that story. Like you're full of shit. Like you could, you could do it if you were really, um, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not not going to say the guy's name or anything, but I was, I was thinking like, yeah, you're all right. I mean, it, it depends on the level of sickness and the show. Like, there's some if I don't if I'm not booked on a show, like if it's just an open mic or something, then I can find almost any excuse not to go. Sure. But like, yeah. So and maybe in his mind, it just wasn't that important of a show. And he's like, yeah, I just don't feel like it. Yeah. yeah, I've I've rarely been. I have been sick enough in my life where I'm like, dude, I can't do the thing that I really wanted to do. And I would love nothing more than to do that thing. But I just can't because of how terrible I feel. The one thing for me that 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 is something that I can't plow through is a migraine headache like that. That shit scares me. I keep I keep medicine in my pocket just in case it happens because it's happened before I've had to go on stage before. And fortunately, I've been able to take the medicine and like close my eyes for a little while for it to work enough. But I've had one. I've had one happen as I was going on stage before, and by the end of the set, I my brain wouldn't work at all. It was ho horrible. Fortunately, I was featuring at the time, and I was almost done. And I people were still laughing, so I guess it was coming out right. But it's a fucked up thing having a migraine headache, dude. I don't wish those on anybody. Yeah, um, I don't know if I've ever had one. I I've been getting talk about them all the time, but I've, I've been getting them since I was 10 and they suck. Um, we're almost 18 minutes into this. And we haven't talked about politics at all, which is, which is fine. But um, I know there's probably people watching that are like, good. Like this is what it, it should be. Quit talking about Trump shit, but yeah. there's some Trump shit. We should probably watch because uh, th this is uh, just him speaking a little truth. Well, the last thing I'll say before we watch the video is, is something you said about that lady um, coming up and saying, drop the COVID stuff. It's so funny how people think they have the right, after the two decades we've been doing this, to tell us what we can and can't talk about or what, you know, that was good, but don't do this. Like, screw you. Like, it'll be over in a minute if you don't like it. Yeah. This lady came up to me not too long ago, or it's been a couple years, actually, um, but I was selling those go fuck yourself shirts, which I don't sell anymore. And she was like, don't sell these. And I'm like, what? Like, you know, are you going to pay my bills the next month? Because if you are, then you can pop off about it. But otherwise, you don't get to say that. Yeah, that's I, I understand. I've been selling the same shirt for 15 plus years and. I still sell just as many of them as I did the first year that I had them. So until I think of a better idea, like that's my only choice. If, yeah. if, if comedy clubs paid enough to, so I didn't have to sell merchandise, then I would be happy to not sell anything, but that's not yeah. the case, you know? Yeah. Yeah, uh, there's nothing worse than selling merchandise after a bad show, too. I still do it every time, but um, it has to be a really bad show for me to be like, I'm not even selling shit. 
even then I'll usually sell stuff and, and people buy it. It's crazy. I seem um, to sell more shirts on nights where it's like mediocre to bad because people will come up and be like, dude, I thought you were great. Yeah. I'm like, oh, all right. Well, I wish that you would have told your face that during the show instead of leaving your arms crossed the whole time. But yeah. So and then I'll have like really good shows and people are like, you were great. Bye. And I'm like, OK, all right. Because yeah. I think like the better you do, the more the better off people think that you are in your career. You know what I mean? Yeah, there could be some truth to that. Um, there's only been a handful of times. I mean, literally like three or four, five tops since I've been selling stuff that I haven't done it um, because it's, you know, supplements your income. But it has to be really bad for me to be like, I am not going out there and facing those people. I fucking hate them. <laughs> right. Oh, I've definitely had nights like that. I can't remember a specific one right now, but yeah, I've absolutely had nights where I'm like, dude, I'm just leaving. Like, I'm not even staying till the end of the show. I don't have any reason to be here anymore. But yeah, I always tell myself, like, if somebody just came up and they were like, hey, man, I'll give you $20 if you unzip this suitcase and take the stuff out and set it on the table, then I would be like, okay. Like, so it just, it's, I'm like, if I sell one shirt, it's worth rolling my suitcase in from my car. And then sometimes I'll be surprised and I'll sell 10 or 15 to a small crowd, you know? And I'm like, hell yeah. Glad yeah. I got those out. That's yeah. why I'm I'm getting ready to fly to Seattle in the morning. And I just, uh, instead of carrying my heavy suitcase full of shirts up three flights of stairs, I just took my bathroom scale down to the parking lot and, uh, like I had a box of shirts and then I also had my suitcase crammed full and I was like picking up my suitcase and standing on the scale and like trying to read the numbers and stuff. And it reminds me of that old Brian Regan bit. But uh, but anyway, I got like 73 pounds worth of shirts in my bag and 75 is the limit. So I'm hoping that I'm good to go. Oh, 50 is the limit on Southwest. So I didn't realize that. That sucks uh, because I'm flying Southwest. I'm pretty sure it's 75 though. I I think I just read the thing like before we started this. I hope it is. Otherwise I'll pay the fucking whatever difference, but. Well, it's 50 dude and they won't let you put it on there. They'll make you put it in a different bag. So you might want to read that again. Uh, they, won't, they won't charge you extra fees. They'll just tell you, you can't put it on there. Pretty positive. I feel like I see now I'm questioning myself, but. I, uh, you talk about something while I re read the fine print here. <laughs> well, yeah, I think you're going to have to repack that shit. I hate to break it to you, but I've flown Southwest probably 200 times in the last 10 years. And I'm almost positive it's 50 unless they changed it very recently. It's just, which is another bullshit thing is I always thought that was something to do with the plane, but it's really just the person throwing your bag on there that they don't, they don't want right. to do it or, or whatever. It's got nothing to do with the weight of the flight or any of that shit. So anyway, while you're looking that up, I'm going to play this video of Trump. I'm not sure which one it is, but um, yeah, if you're still on team Biden, you're not listening to this first of all, but I just don't know how anybody is. I mean, good Lord, what a freaking disgrace. He's just such an idiot um, and a terrible person to boot. Do we have that video, by the way, with uh, uh, Geraldo Rivera, where yeah. he's talking about? Okay, is that the Vermin one? Uh, no, that's a separate one from the Vermin one. Um, okay, you don't you don't necessarily. I mean, you can play this Trump thing. It's only like ten seconds, but it okay. flowed better when I what I whatever <laughs> I was saying earlier. Now it Didn't... just kind of sits by itself. But all right, well, here you go. Here's a standalone video of Trump. But I stand before you today as the only candidate in either party who can make this promise. I will prevent, 100% prevent, World War III. You're going to end up, you're going to end up in World War III. You look at what's going on right now in the Middle East and Ukraine, and you add it up, and we have somebody that has no clue what the hell is going on. You're going to end up in World War III because of this. See, I feel like if he didn't know something, he wouldn't say 
You know what I mean? Because we've talked about this. Trump is not a, the what people who hate him disagree with this, but he is not someone who throws shit like that out there if he can't back it up. He's just not. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I th I think that's again. It just goes back to the plan and shit. Like I feel like they say the Q things say like it's only when we're at the precipice that we find the will to change and like what's a bigger precipice than oh my god we're gonna nuke one another like the u.s and russia and china and whoever else has some i think india's got them india's pretty cool though i guess right now i don't know there's uh all that takes is one little change in government though to make it be like oh and now we're at war with india north korea <laughs> israel like uh yeah there's a lot of nuclear bombs all over the country or the world so i uh, who knows but yeah i think if anybody can prevent it then it's probably that guy even though people hate him i think it's just it's funny like the reasons that people hate him because almost all of them have been proven wrong. It's just people's overall idea of like this guy is to be hated. So whatever you say, I, I used to joke on stage that Trump is the yeah, but still guy where people are like, he fucking did this. And I'm like, he didn't do that. And they're like, yeah, but still like he's just I hate him. Yeah, it's he not, is. I will say this. He is really rocking the face tanner in that last video. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he's, that means he's smart, dude. It means that he puts the goggles on the way that you're supposed to when you go in the tanning bed. Well, I mean, I think it looks like it looks good as far as like his eyes don't look all white and the rest of him orange, but he's got a lot of it on in that one. Um, he actually looks healthier than he did back in the day, but. Maybe that's just his face tanner. It's because he's aging backwards because he's mastered time travel. Yeah. Um, so which one should we play next? This Either one. Th these two and the next one that I'm going to put in here are all uh, videos of people on the left talking about how much of a danger Trump is. And it's just interesting because... Not only do you have to like read a lot of the news or know things to know how like overblown all of this is, but it just it's all scare tactic sort of shit. It's like they don't say specifically what it is that he's doing. They just know that it's bad and dangerous. And they mention like he's going to weaponize the uh investigation people the fbi and cia and shit like that and it's like no that's exactly what's happening right now like stuff is being weaponized against him and against his supporters like there's people in jail for a decade or more because they walked into the capitol building on january 6th like didn't hurt anybody didn't fight cops or anything like that just followed a line of people and now they're in jail for it. Like there's a dude that killed himself, at least one, because he got charged with some January 6th shit. And there's video of him like not doing anything wrong, just following the crowd, just walking with people and cops being like, come on in this way. But he got charged and he got scared and he thought that his whole life was over, you know? Yeah. Like it's that's weaponization. Like I think if Trump got in and did the things that they're scared of him doing, that's not him weaponizing anything. That's him just telling them to do their job and go after guilty people. Anyway, yeah. let's play any one of these videos and let's uh let's hear what the other side has to say. Yeah, it's a it's a it's truly amazing the stuff that they're grasping for these days. Here's one. You know, it's uh, the gag orders are tough. Uh, and right now, I think they are suspended, basically. So he can yeah. say whatever he feels, uh, uh, you know, he needs to say. Uh, Jack Smith, uh, though, Jim, doesn't seem to me to be particularly fragile. The guy reminds me, uh, you know, I look at him, I think of like uh, Dracula coming after you. He's, uh, he's got Trump, it seems to me, uh, by the privates uh, in uh, the couple of these cases, the documents case and the uh, January 6th case. What is, uh, I think, more unusual is when uh, former President Trump goes after the family. 
uh, Jack Smith's wife. Uh, I don't uh, I think her name is Katie Chavigne, a film a documentarian. She made a, an award winning film of Michelle Obama. She also is a big donor, gave two thousand uh, dollars to the uh, to the Biden campaign. Uh, so he's got he's got a beef in terms of, uh, you know, the personal prejudice of the family going after families, though, generally speaking, has has classically been thought of as as rotten, as as below the belt. And I, I have to say, in fairness, just one one thing uh, that might mitigate. I remember as an attorney, when I got before a judge, someone who I knew was sympathetic to my way of life and my, uh, you know, knew him from uh, played football or that or this, uh, you know, I was relieved when it was someone Someone who's a, a hard ass, who's tough on defendants. I was always, uh, uh, you know, I said, oh, no, uh, we've got a tough, uh, tough judge here. So I think in Trump's case, particularly the Alvin Bragg uh, case, the Stormy, uh, uh, Stormy Daniels uh, uh, case, uh, uh, and, and uh, uh, the, the, uh, uh, the, uh, the money case, the, the, uh, uh, the, the case, uh, yeah. overvaluation of his properties cases. Uh, you know, he's got very tough venues and it, it, maybe it, it, it's inevitable, given his flamboyant and probably uh, in cases unlawful lifestyle. Uh, but it is I, I, get, I understand what motivates him. And he has been very successful. Look what he did. I was thinking with some friends the other day about what he did with uh, Hillary Clinton, how he managed to take this uh, stellar candidate, senator, secretary of state and so forth and reduce her to lock her up and, uh, uh, you know, all these other pejoratives and, and reduce and shrunk her. Uh, basically, yeah. he's very good at that. And well, uh, going me- after Jack Smith, who scares him to death is is not uh, not surprising uh biden's uh kindness has had a toxic impact it has had exactly the uh, the opposite to the intended impact it's been a welcome mat and uh, as a result the southern border has been overrun and has given but, trump but t- and the detention camps an issue to run on uh he will he will scare the bejesus out of potential immigrants and they will, and I think it will have a, it will have a, a, a positive impact on the southern border. H- however cruel he is, the more cruel he is, I think the the more uh, the lower uh, illegal immigration will be. It is sad to say that. I hate that that it, there is a cause and effect. But Trump's tough guy demeanor last time around, even threatening the president of Mexico uh, with cutting off trade and all the other draconian. Uh, threats he made had a, had a result to reduce undocumented immigration. He will be cruel. He doesn't care. And the, and the sad thing is it will appeal to his base in ways that uh, I think will, will be very disappointing to those of us who want a pluralistic, inclusive society. What pisses me off is that he just listed Trump doing good things, but that he's doing them the wrong way. He's like his his hate and his vitriol are going to keep people from coming over the border illegally. And and that's good. But you got to think, like, what are these people thinking about him? And it's like, who gives a fuck, dude? Like, they're not coming. That's the goal. So I, I don't see how that's a bad thing. But I don't know. Like, uh, a lot of that was just Geraldo. So it's just rambling, you know. But I mean, he, he said so many wrong things. He's like, Biden's kindness. I'm like, ugh, God, he said so many vomit inducing things in that in that video. I don't even know where to start. But we'll uh, go right to the next one with Jen Psaki, because then we can talk about all three of them afterwards, because they're all the same gut feeling. Okay. The hand-wringing and cocktail party speculation about an alternative to Joe Biden is continuing, will continue. Guess what? Joe Biden isn't perfect. No candidate is, by the way. But we have to understand what the alternative is here. If elected to a second term, Donald Trump would prosecute anyone he deems an enemy, unleash troops on protesters, and essentially unravel the rule of law as we know it. And this time, he plans to line his administration with people who will actually help him do it. But sure, Joe Biden is three years older and occasionally trips over things. Look, there's a lot to be concerned about right now when it comes to a second Trump term. The speeches are getting much more disturbing and much more unhinged, and we should all hear it that way. Dude, unhinged is one of their favorite things to say. I mean, they are getting so desperate, dude. It's pretty funny to watch. 
Well, that's why this next one is good, because even though it says, or I, I might have clipped that part of the video out where it says it, but it says this week or whatever. But if you look at the Chiron thing at the bottom, it's talking about Black Panther being number one at the box office or something. So I think some of these clips are are older, but it's still the point of uh, of them just finding a word that Trump says. And, and it's the video is in here of Trump actually saying the thing. And he does call the the swamp people the word vermin, but it's it's different than people are like, oh, you I, I don't remember we were on the air already when you said this, but like, oh, he said vermin like he thinks exactly like Adolf Hitler does. Yeah, that's that's what this video is about. And uh, it's you, you see why when you watch these that the most staunch Trump haters are the way they are concerning him. Um, fortunately, I believe that more and more people are seeing through it, but th these, we'll just watch the video. It's it's pretty crazy how, how far they're reaching. I just played that clip of him yeah. describing his opponents as vermin. That's a horrifying clip. That's a fascist clip. You know, oftentimes fascism is perceived as a expansionist warlike, uh, you know, idea from the 1930s from Hitler's Germany. But Trump is this kind of isolationist fascist in terms of his rhetoric over the weekend. He goes to give a Veterans Day speech and then talks about rooting out vermin from the left. That is shocking. And it's not the kind of thing we can ever get numb to. We just need to say for the record that the term vermin was really effectively used by Adolf Hitler and by Mussolini to dehumanize people and encourage their followers to go after their opponents. Former President Donald Trump is now promising to root out his words, root out his political opponents if he wins back the White House and is calling his political enemies vermin, a term critics say parallels the inflammatory language used by authoritarian leaders in the past. We will root out the communists, Marxists, fascists, and the radical left thugs that live like vermin within the confines of our country. Trump's use of this word vermin in describing his political opponents, Democrats we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, what, what's your reaction to that? This is what uh, uh, Liz Cheney said. When GOP Congress chairwoman refuses to condemn the GOP's leading candidate for using the same Nazi propaganda that mobilized the 1930s and 40s Germany to evil, it's fair to assume she's collaborating. Look, I, I don't think that Donald Trump is Nazi. I think he has, as you know, a son-in-law who's Jewish. He's embraced the Jewish faith. So I guess the, the question, year. Mark, is why aren't Republicans speaking out when Trump calls his political opponents I have to pause it really quick and just say that he's not talking about Democrats. He's talking about Democrats. He's not talking about Democrats necessarily. He's talking about the the people that are the deep state. That's what he's talking about. It's so fucking gross how they how they lie, man. It, it's just yeah, it's the same as uh, as people coming illegally over the border and Trump saying that a lot of them are rapists and or murderers and thugs and shit and then the news said trump thinks mexicans are rapists it's the same as that they're like trump is calling democrats vermin and it's like yeah the people that he's saying are vermin are democrats but he's not saying all democrats are vermin he's saying these corrupt pieces of shit are have like embedded themselves in our country secretly in in positions of power and we're going to root them out so that we don't have corrupt pieces of shit. So then we can get back to having like Republican versus Democrat or some new party and, and actually like argue the issues and shit instead of like silencing the other side because what they're saying is is not allowed to be said. And that yeah. leads into this. Uh, go ahead and talk. I'm going to get another video that follows this one nicely. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, you can finish this one. There's like 10 seconds left. Oh, is that it? I'm sorry. I thought it was longer than that. Um, but yeah, what you're saying about immigration, what Trump is saying is that if you allow enough people to cross the border who are unvetted, you are going to also have out of a hundred thousand, you're probably going to get a good hundred fucking rapists or whatever, very deplorable, awful people. And one is too many. So to just let, let them all across and see, you know, who shakes out to be a fucking rapist or murderer is not a good idea. 
I don't, you know, it's not like what Geraldo was saying, like, oh, that's, you know, he wants immigrate. He wants immigrants. He's said it several times because we're going to be manufacturing shit here. He wants people to come and be in this country and especially people who work hard, which a lot of immigrants do. Um, so it's not, it, anyway, we'll finish the video, but it's just, it's so fucking annoying. It's so terrible what they get away with. Vermin. That's what the Nazis called the Jews leading up to the Holocaust. But to your point, to the Democrats, we have to stop him and he cannot get in the White House well, again. I we have to stop him. But I was saying before, like, we need to be able to talk about these things and then now play this video because that's what this guy's talking about. Okay. Essence of playfulness is an openness to anything that may happen. A feeling that whatever happens, it's okay. So you cannot be playful if you're frightened that moving in some direction will be wrong. Something you shouldn't have done. I mean, you're either free to play or you're not. As Alan Watts puts it, you can't be spontaneous within reason. So you've got to risk saying things that are silly and illogical and wrong. And the best way to get the confidence to do that is to know that while you're being creative, nothing is wrong. There's no such thing as a mistake and any drivel may lead to the breakthrough. I just like how straightforward that is, but it makes sense. You know, like we have to be free to talk about everything so we can determine how to go forward, you know, by by silencing people on certain subjects. You're just well. And then that leads into this next video, which is what they're trying to do slowly over time is take all of our guns away. And this is a good example of what has happened in countries where they, for the safety of all the citizens, took everybody's guns away. And here's what happens. The people, the law-abiding citizens, don't get to have guns anymore. The only people that get guns are the police and military and people who can get guns illegally. So... The only difference is normal law-abiding citizens don't have a way to protect themselves from both their own government and from criminals. So yeah. play this one now. 12 months after gun owners in Australia were forced to surrender 640,000 guns to the government, they destroyed them. The program cost the government $500 million. Well, after that happened, in the first 12 months, homicides nationwide were up 3.2%. Assaults went up 8.6%. Armed robberies went up 44%. In 1911, Turkey established gun control. Later, one and a half million Armenians, unable to defend themselves, were slaughtered. In 1929, the Soviet Union established gun control. And for the next 30 years, 20 million dissidents, unable to defend themselves, were rounded up and slaughtered. 1938, Nazi gun control said Jews are prohibited from carrying firearms and ammunition. They established gun control in 1938, and for the next six years, at least 13 million Jews and others were rounded up and exterminated because they were unable to defend themselves. Okay? China established gun control in 1935, and for the next 10 years, 20 million political dissidents, unable to defend themselves, were exterminated. Guatemala established gun control in 1964. In the next 15 years, 100,000 Mayan Indians, unable to defend themselves, were exterminated, killed, murdered. Uganda established gun control in 1970. For the next eight years, 300,000 Christians were murdered. Yeah, that one cut off. I hate when Instagram does that. It's like, dude, you know this is a good three-minute video. Why you got to cut it off at two? Yeah, and and, and I think... Americans to their to our detriment believe that kind of thing cannot and will not happen here because we've never dealt with it but it can and it will and criminals aren't going to give up their guns and then the government can do whatever the hell they want um, yeah well this next guy is talking about uh like sure they can control us with guns another way they can control us is by controlling our money which they sort of already do but if we if we get into this central bank digital currency thing where the government 
is basically in charge of all of our money, then this kind of stuff can happen. And now listen to this guy. Which is freaking terrifying. Ask you if you believe that the collapse is orchestrated in order to bring in central bank digital currencies. And do you think you, you mentioned a timeline to me before that was anywhere from two months to three years? What is the realistic? Uh, what are the realistic steps that you think they'll take to get us there? So the system is going to collapse of its own weight. And if you know that it's going to collapse, wouldn't you like to introduce a system where you're in control of the new system? So that's what I believe is going on. They can't, I don't think, a lot of people say, oh, are they doing this on purpose? Well, it was going to happen anyways. So, um, and if, you're, if it's going to happen, wouldn't you like to control it on the way down and get rid of the regional banks and make the banking system very consolidated into six big banks in the U.S.? So that then it would be a lot easier to introduce a central bank digital currency. And so banking becomes like a utility pretty much owned by the government and linked to the central bank digital currency. And then from there, once the central bank digital currency is linked to all your credit cards and bank accounts, then social um, controls can be implemented. You can't have, you know, if you're a dissenter like me talking about truth, they shut you down. It's just shut off your account. Um, if they decided that uh, cow farts are a big thing and they don't want you to eat meat, you'll have a quota. You go to the ca cash register and you try to ring up your meat. And then the woman at the cash register says, they won't let me ring you up. That's the kind of control, end-to-end -end control. It is literally a, 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 um, a, a prison planet, so to speak. We're doomed. Crazy, man. I mean, the, and there are people who are on board with that kind of stuff. They're like, well, that seems that seems okay to me. Yeah, it's the same people that are like, if you are if you're not doing anything wrong, you have nothing to hide. And it's like that goes back to the old, uh, you know, first they came after the communist, and and I didn't say anything because I'm not a communist, and that whole thing, you know. Then they came after like the union people, and I'm not a union guy, so I didn't say anything. And by the time they got to me, like there was nobody else around to say anything for me. And uh, like, I wish that I had spoken up sooner is yeah, what's, what's implied by that. Same with their whole hate speech thing. Like, well, if you're not saying anything hateful, if you're not a hateful person, you're not worried about it. Well, like, well, hey, dummy, what they do is they say what you did is hate speech, even if it's really just going against what they want you to know or don't know. It has nothing to do with being hateful on, on any level. But if they put it under that umbrella, so many people are like, well, that seems nice. That seems fair. We shouldn't be hateful. It's like, well, I wasn't being, I was just telling the truth. No, it was hateful. <laughs> right. It's like, dude, you can't, like, I know how it feels to hate somebody because I've had a, a shitty relationship or two in my life and I fucking hate. But I don't just hate strangers because of their, like, whatever things. You know what I mean? Like, I have to know a person to... I have to know enough about a person to hate them. So it just, it sucks when you're like, oh yeah, like that, there was a dude wearing a dress and they're like, quit being hateful, dude. And I'm like, what? Like, I'm not, that's not hateful. I'm not saying it mean or anything. Like it was clearly a dude wearing a dress. You're yeah. being hateful. Anyway. <laughs> I didn't say I, I hate him. I just said it was weird. <laughs> yeah. Like that's, we should be allowed to be like, that's weird, dude. Yeah, it's like a well, guy wearing two different colored socks or something. I'm like, look at his socks. Then people yeah. can be like, ha, look at that. And maybe even ask him a question. Did you do that on purpose? Or did you just, do you just not put your socks together when you do laundry? You just throw them all in the drawer together. Anyway. Yeah. So did, I don't know if we played this El Salvador guy. I thought that we did a week or two ago, but you sent me a clip of it again. So then I thought maybe we didn't. So, um, but El Salvador was like the murder capital of the world or something for a while. And they got this new president that took over. And he basically was like, if you break the law, you're fucking going to jail. And there's we don't have this video, but there's video of them with like a thousand prisoners that are all like running and shit, like half hunched over with their hands on their heads. And they all have to like sit in a designated spot and they all do it super quick. And they're just prisoners and probably not happy and i'm sure there's a good chunk of them in there that are like i hardly did anything wrong but still now it's like the whatever the opposite of the murder capital of the world is like i don't even know if they've had a murder there in the last year or something 
Uh, so whatever he did kind of worked. I bet there's a lot of people there that are pretty happy that they're not in danger anymore. But yeah. any, either way, now we've talked it up. Might as well play this video. Yeah, I don't remember. If, I don't remember playing it on here, but we'll see. Of El Salvador, who turned that country from the murder capital of the world to 300 homicide-free days. The demise of the U.S. has to come from within. Right? The enemies have to be inside, not not really outside. No, no, no external enemy can, could can cause so much damage as internal. It's an internal operation. And you're, and you're watching internal operations here. You, you can see them in, the, in cities, cities that were pristinely beautiful 30 years ago are wastelands right now. You would see people, I mean, I'm from El Salvador, third world country in Central America, and myself, I can see cities here and say, I don't wanna, I wanna live here. So that, that would be unthinkable three decades ago, totally unthinkable, that a Salvadoran wouldn't wanna live in a U.S. city, in a U.S. main city, I mean, Los Angeles, New York, Francisco, Chicago, yeah. Well, uh, Philadelphia, Baltimore. When you look how the cities are eroding so fast, this has to be by design. I mean, who, who I mean, who would make so many stupid decisions? Like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna give you money for drugs. But really, they're doing that. In some cities, they're giving people drugs. I mean, they're literally giving people drugs in some U.S. cities. Or they say, okay, we're gonna give you money if you don't work. Or we're gonna. You know, they make all of these laws that make no sense. Yeah, man, I, I've been saying I've been saying that for a while now. Like in the beginning of COVID and everything, I'm like telling my wife, I'm like, when you see some of these decisions being made, those aren't people who think that's a good idea. Those are people who are compromised in some regard, and they're being told what to do, judges or whatever. Um, so he's absolutely right. It's infiltration from within, and, and and he nailed it. I mean, you can't bring down America unless someone's telling you to make these decisions. There's no way they're like, well, this is the best. This is the best course of action. It's just, in, in my eyes, not possible. Nope. Here, do you want to watch this El Salvador prison thing? I looked it up real quick. I've okay. shared my screen. Tell me when yeah. it's up. I believe it is. Did you hear it? that? Is it like making noise? Oh, why isn't it making noise? Well, fuck it. Whatever. Well, that looks pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, I can I can tell enough that Do you want to just scroll through and look at it. Yeah. Where's the. Uh... I'm trying to find the like. Eh, fuck it. It doesn't matter. Well, I think the gist of it is that prisons in El Salvador, it looks like, are what all prisons should be as far as deterring people from committing crimes, that most of the people who go to prison end up going back to prison, and not only because they don't have the life skills they need and they're criminals, but because by and large, and, you know, I've never... I'm not saying people want to go to prison for the most part, but it's also not that bad in America. Like they, they have it set up. So people are okay with going back to it because one, they know, they know how to live in there. Um, you can get a All color their friends live in there. Yeah. You can have a color TV in prison. You can have a crock pot. You can have um, a commissary. If you've got people on the outside who care about you and put money on your books, you can have snacks all day long. People get fat as hell in prison. It's not by I mean, and large. You can also get raped in your butthole every day. Of course there's bad things, but, but if it was just an awful place to go, um, people in prison, they, they, they can get their teeth fixed. They can get educated. Um, <laughs> There, it's not, it's not like that. I'll tell you that. I, I went to jail once for 50 days and I, 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 I spent a lot of time talking to people who had been in prison and they're like, it ain't that bad, you know, unless you're someplace on death row or someplace where you are getting ass raped every day and all that stuff. I mean, I'm not saying those things don't happen or again, that you want to go there. Right. But it also depends large, on your attitude though, too. Like, I feel like, 
if either of us went to prison, I feel like a year after we got there, we would be like the funniest guys in our little group or whatever. We'd be the funniest guys in the Aryan nation or whatever they made us join <laughs> but not have to get killed. But we'd still be the funny guys, you know, like that's what would keep me from getting the shit kicked out of me every day because I'm not a fighter. I, if a guy comes up and is like, give me your shoes, then my options are either to give him my shoes or to try to talk him out of wanting my shoes. But an option is not to fight the guy. Like yeah. I, I just never had, I've, I've never practiced that or anything. So I kind of wish my biggest fear is that I would go and punch a guy and then my wrist would just break because I'm so weak as far as like, I don't have whatever muscles it takes to like, I've punched a punching bag before and I'm just like, ow, God, <laughs> like, I can feel it vibrating still. Yeah, I, I kind of wish, I know you were joking, but I kind of wish you hadn't said Aryan Nation because some dick will cut this out someday when this podcast finally blows up and they'll be like, see, they're in, they, want, <laughs> they just admitted they'd be in the Aryan Nation. And we'd be like, that was totally taken out of context. Well, yeah, and they'd be I'm like, not oh. gonna, they're probably not going to let me in the Black Panthers or the fucking whatever Mexican gang there is. Like, there's only one option. Like, I'm a white guy. What else? can I be in if I have to be forced into a prison gang? Yeah. Well, I, I definitely, once I got comfortable in there, I, I, I was kind of the funny guy in there and, and you do get used to certain, you get used to anything. And if it's Absolutely. not like, if it's not like you're getting your, if you're not getting Andy Dufresne every freaking day, um, you do get institutionalized. And anyway, we got to hurry up. So uh, what video do we want to play next? Um, Oh, I don't think either one of these are important. We played that El Salvador thing. What else? We don't Free have to play anything if you don't want, but um um I want to see not that guy. No, I think we pretty much have everything. There's nothing that I'm sure we haven't played. Okay. Um, well, while you're looking for something, if you're finding something, I, I'll say that uh, you know the if you're not subscribed to the Epic Times, you you should be, and you should read it. Um, and I say that with, and, and there's a lot of times I don't have time to read it. I mean, it's just a there's a mountain of shit going on in this country, and uh, I just I just hope that we can all somehow get get brought back together i i i i think it's i i hope that 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 trial where about trump he's involved in so many now it's hard to keep track but the one with the about the election fraud or whatever uh, he mm -hmm. wants that one televised and he his lawyers have filed whatever they need to file to make that happen and it'll be interesting to see if it does get on tv because i think that could potentially open a lot of eyes um, to the fact that it was a stolen election. And I don't know how, if you've looked into anything, you believe that it wasn't, but uh, I, oh, I'm constantly surprised by like, now people are going to wake up and they're still not. Yeah. Well, I mean, when it comes to the election being stolen, like a lot of people, it's that same 25% as before hate Trump enough that, you're like, hey, the election was stolen. They're like, well, Trump's still not president. Like, you can't undo it. That's the rules. And it's like, nobody wants to be like, oh, was it? Oh, shit. Like, how do we fix it? They're just like, their person is in, so they don't care. You know? Yeah. I don't know. That's just, uh, it's going to take something more than that to to wake everybody up. And, and I don't know what it is. I know all this stuff that's slowly coming out about Biden taking bribes and doing favors and things like that. I That's going to open up some doors, but I don't know. Like I've said before, all that stuff just leads back to Obama knowing about any of this stuff because it, it, it's clear like Joe Biden wasn't secretive enough to hide all of this stuff because it's all slowly coming out now. So that tells me that Obama knew about it at the time and had to either 
throw him in jail then or just cover it up, you know, and be like, look, Joe, like you got to stop doing this shit. You got to stop letting Chinese guys write checks directly to you. What are you thinking? And Joe's like, hey, man, come on. I'm just making a few extra bucks on the side. Come on. You know, brother. And Obama's like, don't fucking. Uh, all right. I got to go do stuff. We can't talk about this again right now. Yeah. Um, damn it. I had a total. I had a good point to close this out on. And I freaking forgot what it was. Oh, I think that I think what frustrates me the most. And I've said this a zillion times are the casual observers who are still like, well, I don't like him. I mean, he's just, I don't know. I just, I think we should pick some. I think we should just find someone else because he's bad. And I'm like, you're not paying attention to any of this shit. And you're a voter. And that bothers me. You should have to take some sort of minimum test to be like, okay, you can vote. You know, at least three of the 10 things that are going on in the world. And if you're just voting on his tie or his fucking silver hair, if you think he's mean or nice or whatever, then you can't vote because you're ruining it for everyone. You dumbass. <laughs> but then, you know, whatever. It's a slippery slope, I guess. Yeah. Well, I've said before, like my grandma told me that she voted just because she liked the lady's name. She's like, I voted for the lady like that other guy. His name sounded weird. I didn't like that. And I'm just like, you didn't look at like Democrat or Republican. And she's like, I don't know where any of that is. I just I just liked the lady. And I'm like, all right. Yeah. Like that, like the but I think those are most voters. Not that far off, but just people that are like, I just vote for who I like. You know, that's why Obama won. I didn't. Obama didn't have any policies that that ended up taking root. You know, it was hope and change. And I was like, fuck, yeah, I like that guy. Like, that's who Obama was. And that's why he won, because people were just like, hell, yeah, cool guy. Let's do some cool shit. We're America. This is still when we were like, everything's cool, you know? Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's weird. But we're over an hour, so good time to wrap up. And I've got a bunch of shit to do. And I looked it up, and God damn it, it is 50 pounds. So I'm going to have to do some bag changing around stuff. And uh, I'm glad that you brought it up because it's uh, an extra $75 if it's between 50.1 and 70 pounds and $125 if it's between 71 and 100 and over a hundred, you just can't. It has to go like air cargo or something weird. All because they don't want to lift it off the thing. Like you could, you could, you could, you could put fifty. You could put a hundred pounds of gold in a in a uh, carry on bag and and lug that thing onto the plane, and nobody gives a shit. It's all so stupid. Yeah, I worked at UPS for a while though, and I remember every once in a while we'd get a because it was supposed to be a 75 pound limit and we'd get something and i'm like this is not 75 pounds this is ridiculous and we would just like roll it but it's a box so it doesn't roll it's just like clink clink <laughs> over and over again and i'm like fuck whatever's in it that's their own fault for mailing something so heavy yeah anyway. um all right, everybody, make sure and get some tickets. Uh, there's a few left at theimprovkc.com and go see Mike this weekend in Washington. And I will also have been so bad about promoting this week, but they're giving me a door deal or not giving me a door deal. So that's that's their fault. Uh, I'll be at the Looting Bin in Little Rock, Arkansas uh, this Wednesday through Saturday. That's the 15th through the 18th. And then my show at Kansas City Improv on the 22nd. So if you're in the Little Rock area, uh, come come down to the Looney Bin and and have some laughs on your that's buddy. a great a great room and they they got tornadoed last year and got struck by lightning and a bunch of shit and they went through and fixed stuff and then they popped right back up they're still open under different ownership now because uh well that's a longer story but it's a it's a really good club i've had some of my most fun shows there where I didn't do a ton of material because I had to deal with whatever drunk thing was going on in the audience. But it's always fun, and the rest of the audience is always really supportive of that. And, uh, yeah, Little Rock Looney Bin. Please book me, because <laughs> you're under a different management now, and I'm not grandfathered in or whatever. 
Yeah, well, this time next year, hopefully I'll, I'll get a door deal. And uh, um, so I didn't mean to like bag on them in that regard because I have always had a really good time there too. I've heard a lot of people bitch about that club and, and I don't know why uh, because it's, I've had some it, of my most fun shows there. It's only people that can't handle dealing with an audience. And I was that guy too for a long time. Like I, I there, I'm sure there's a video of me drunkenly just saying, shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up just over and over again to some drunk girl one night. And like, I wasn't getting any laughs or anything, but like some of the other comics were like, that was awesome, dude. But they were just open micers too. And, and it takes time to deal with a crowd like little rock, but they're good. Yeah. Not to yeah. say that they're all like that, because they have good, like, they police the room and shit. If you get too rowdy, they'll throw your ass out, but but they don't mind a little, like, whatever here and there, you know? Yeah. I had to throw somebody out last time I was there. It was the first time I've ever done it in my career, but I was like, this guy's got to go. Like, I felt threatened for my safety. I didn't know if this fucking guy had a gun or or what, but he was he was unhinged. They, they love to throw that fucking word around, but this guy was absolutely, there was something wrong with him. Um, and I had his ass kicked out, but that's the only time I've done that in my 20, this is my 25th year of comedy. So happy anyway, anniversary. I, yeah. Thanks buddy. I've enjoyed this podcast, uh, share it everybody and, and all those things and, and come support us at our live shows and make this a big podcast. We'll be famous at some point. Mike's special is coming out on December 8th. We'll talk about that again before that happens, but, uh, God bless all of you and thanks for tuning in and take care. Goodbye. Bye.